The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. While Pastor Matt is up at the men's retreat this weekend, it's always a privilege to have our elder, Pastor Eric Craig, bring us the word. Today, Pastor Eric is preaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're looking at verses 17 through 34. Let's join him now in his sermon entitled, Corinthian Communion. And now, here's Eric. So we are blessed with children who are beautiful, but also who can be a mess. Turns out it's not just children who can be a mess. Turns out adults are wonderful, beautiful people who can also make a mess. Sometimes we make financial messes. We uh, get into marriage and divorce messes, family messes, personal messes, addictions, health issues, lack of self-discipline, messed up thoughts and dreams and fantasies. Our sins are dividing and impoverishing us. We are, we are a mess. Beautiful and a mess. Today, the big idea is about communion. Communion is a time to remember and to reflect, to focus with thanks on what Jesus did for us, and to find forgiveness through confession. 1 Corinthians 17, excuse me, 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen to 34. The greater context is that Paul loved the believers of Corinth and praised them as saints at the very beginning of the epistle in uh, chapter 1, verse 2, and he thanked God for them in verses 48, 4 to 8 of chapter 1. The greater context is that clearly the Corinthian believers had problems with disunity and division. Chapter 1, verses 10 to 12, chapter 3, 1 to 5, 6, 1 to 8, they're going to court against one another. And they had problems with immorality, chapter 5, verses 1 to 13, chapter 6, Verses 12 to 20, standing out in the, in the letter before chapter 11, it was a church with problems. Not at all like Rancho Baptist Church, surely. Actually, the Corinthian church was very much like the church in America, and every church has, has its challenges and difficulties. The closer context, at the beginning of chapter 11, Paul wanted them to follow his example in verse 1. And he praised them for remembering him and for following his teachings in verse 2 of chapter 11. Paul wanted them to, uh, Paul had a problem with their lifestyle choices and now their worship and ministry practices troubled Paul and he launches into correction of these practices in chapter 11. In verses 3 to 16, he, he, uh, he uh, uh, corrects, there, uh, the, it corrects them in terms of how and what spirit women minister in the church. But now Paul turns to the way in which the Corinthian believers practiced their remembrance of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Communion is a time for, to remember and to reflect, to focus with thanks on what Jesus did for us, to find forgiveness through confession. The problems with the, with the Corinthians and their observance of the Lord's Supper. The Lord celebrated a final Passover meal with his disciples, in which he invested new meaning 
into the bread, this is my body, and the wine, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins in Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 26, 26 to 29. By Paul's time, communion had a couple of components. Uh, a communal meal, the agape feast, the love feast, and the remembrance of what Jesus did for us with the bread and the wine, the Eucharist, the giving of thanks at the end of the communal meal. But there were problems with the way in which the Corinthians executed this remembrance. There were divisions when the church came together. Verse 17, But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you because you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. Paul could not praise the Corinthians. He wanted to praise them, 1 Corinthians 11.2. Now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold firmly to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But he couldn't praise them because they came together, when they came together, they did not come together for the better, but for the worse. The NIV puts it this way, your meetings do more harm than good. Verse 18. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part, I believe it. The report came to Paul that there were divisions among the church family. Paul repeats himself in order to emphasize his, his concern here. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. And again, in in verse 18, but for in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. They were coming together, they were coming together. But there were divisions among them. Ironically, when they came together, they were divided by schismata. Splits, divisions, literally tears in the fabric of the church, cracks in the facade of the church, the face of the church. Paul does not specify the divisions here, but, but we've seen some of them in the, in the book of Corinthians, or we see them later on. 1 Corinthians 1.10 Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and there be no divisions among you, but you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. 1 Corinthians 12.25 That there should be no division in the body but that the members should have the same care for one another. And then we'll see in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 21, For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first. One is hungry and another is drunk. They're divided economically, financially, in terms of their status. Paul didn't want to believe it, but it fit the Corinthian pattern. There were factions, cliques, uh, uh, cliques, uh, uh, parties controlling, ignoring, and not caring for one another. Verse 19. For there must also be factions among you in order that those who are approved may have become evident among you. Paul chose to put a positive spin on the Corinthian disunity. There must be factions, heresies, literally high races, 
among you, for it is necessary that there be schismatic fractions among you. Was Paul advocating divisions in the church? No. He was making the best of a bad situation. Why must there be factions? It is in order that the dokimos, the tested and approved, the quality people, be made manifest that they will stand out publicly because they think they are better than, than uh, other folks in the church? No, it's so that they would stick out because the, it's, it's so that they, would, they stick out because they are dokimos, not approved by themselves, but tested and approved by God as examples. Now, clearly, cliques and factions trying to control the church or uh, separating themselves from the rest of the body for whatever reason is not the way to go. The way to be different is not by separating from other believers in the body, but it is simply a matter of following the Lord. He will wash you. He will change you. If you let him, his spirit will transform you from the inside. Wash you with his word. Make you more like Christ. And then you will stand out. Stand out as tested disciples. Because you follow the Lord. There were excesses in their observation of the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11.20 Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. They came together. That's the third time he has mentioned this idea of coming together. They came together, but Paul denied that their purpose was to eat the Lord's Supper together. Verse 21. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first. One is hungry and another is drunk. Now, the first thing on the agenda was the so-called communal meal. But this was no potluck Thanksgiving feast like, the, like we enjoy here at Thanksgiving. And by the way, I do urge you to sign up and don't miss it. It's really going to be good. Um, this is a communal meal. This communal meal, this so-called communal meal was more like an exclusive bring-your-own-meal. They, they took their own supper. One member of the body brought little or nothing and came to the memorial portion of the Lord's Supper with the gnawing hungry, hunger of an empty stomach. While another member of the body brought much and overindulged, even becoming drunk after drinking to excess and came to the memorial intoxicated. Verse 22. What? Do you not have houses in which you eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I will not praise you. Paul loses it. What? You should be eating and drinking at home, shouldn't you? That's the Craig paraphrase. Or do you mean to be despising, literally thinking down on the church of God and humiliating those who have nothing? What do you want me to say? Should I praise you in this? I do not praise you. I can't praise you. The Corinthians were all about themselves. 
their own meals, their own indulgence. Sound familiar? Instead, we should focus on the Lord, what he did for us, and about coming together, celebrating together, sharing together. We ought to be caring for one another, ministering to one another. Invite someone to lunch after church. I'm not asking you to invite me out to lunch. Ministers have to be careful about about making applications because sometimes people think that it's for them. It's not for me. I want you to look around you. There are people you do not know who who you can get to know over a meal. Invite them to join you and some friends. Buy a single, somebody who's here by themselves, or a new couple, lunch or dinner to share with them and your friends. Invite someone over to your home. Bring enough to feed two families to the Thanksgiving potluck, so there's going to be plenty. Give a bag of groceries or a gift card to someone in need. Share... About the Lord, share what the Lord has given you and build relationships with those around you in the church family. It's all about coming together, ministering to one another. The practice of observing the Lord's Supper as Paul gave them instruction. Verse 23 and 24. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus and the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Paul goes back to what he taught the Corinthian church about the Lord's Supper when he was with them. And what he taught them uh, what he re- about what he received from the Lord by direct revelation. This is authoritative. This is what the Lord wants you to do. At the last Passover meal, Jesus celebrated with his disciples. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave the bread new meaning. The unleavened bread was a reminder for Israel of their hasty departure from Egypt. Jesus fills the bread with new meaning. The bread would serve the purpose for us, his followers, as a picture a reminder of his sinless body, which was, he was about to give for them, for us on the cross, in our place. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25. In the same way, he took the cup also, supper, after, uh, the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The cup. He took the cup after supper and he gave it new meaning with reference to the blood which Moses sprinkled on the people in Exodus 24 with blood from the sacrificed young bulls. Exodus 24, 7. Then he took the book and the, of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will, do, we will be obedient So Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. The Mosaic covenant was inaugurated with blood. The wine in the cup became a reminder of the new covenant in Jesus' blood. 
the new covenant promise to Israel in Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. And repeated for us in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 8 to 12. A covenant, a new covenant of forgiveness. Hebrews 8, 12. For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. This is what we are reminded of as we partake of the cup of the juice. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The announcement. As often as we partake of the bread and the cup, we are to do this. We're to, this is something that we do often. Once a week, once a month, whatever. As often as we do it. We proclaim what Jesus did for us on the cross. How he died for us in our place. And provided all who transfer their trust from themselves and their best efforts to Jesus. And, and uh, Jesus and his blood which he shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Matthew twenty six twenty eight. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. As the bread and the juice are passed later, please take the time to reflect, to reflect on what they represent and give thanks to God for the sacrifice Jesus made for us, his body, his life's blood in our place. Please ask God to use this proclamation of the gospel to bring people to himself today in faith. Now we have the judgments associated with the Lord's table in verses 27 to 34. Unworthy observance versus self-examination. Verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. To partake of the communion elements in, a, in the divided indulgent by some un, uncaring, uncompassionate manner that Paul heard that they did, it was, it was an unworthy manner, the divided way in which they went about it. And they were thus guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Probably the elements representing Jesus and his sacrifice rather than the body of Christ, the church, because blood is mentioned. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Instead, we ought to examine ourselves. Dokimazato. Remember, earlier we had the dokimaz that stood out. We are now to examine ourselves as we partake, before we partake to put ourselves to the test, to deal with sin and then eat the bread and the drink the cup in that fashion. God's judgment in verses 29 to 30. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. If we do not recognize judge if we do not recognize the body rightly, a reference to the body and blood of the Lord, 
representing the bread and the cup, as in 11.27, or as a reference to the church, to the body of the Lord. We drink judgment to ourselves. God's judgment will take the form of physical weakness, sickness, even in extreme instances, sleep, usually considered more climactic as a euphemism for death. We must partake in a manner that is worthy. If we do not judge ourselves as we come, then God will be forced to judge us, and that's not going to be easy or pretty. Verses 31 and 32, a positive spin on judgment. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord in order that we may not be condemned along with the world. If we judge ourselves rightly, then God does not need to judge us in verse 31. When the Lord judges us, it is for discipline, so we will not be identified with and condemned with the world. And then he gave some final instructions in verses 33 to 34. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that you may not come together for judgment. And the remaining matters I shall arrange when I come. Wait for one another. When we come together to eat, verse 33, if you feel the need to eat a major meal, do it at home. That's not what this communal meal is about. Judgment results when we don't recognize that this is a special supper, the Lord's Supper, a memorial. Paul will hold arranging other matters about which he probably had received reports until he comes to them in the future having to do with their worship. Now, as the elements pass in just a few minutes, take the time also to examine yourselves and confess your sins to God and thank him for the promise of forgiveness and cleansing in 1 John 1.9. If we, forg- if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The big idea, communion is a time. Communion is a time to remember and to reflect, to focus with thanks on what Jesus did for us, and to find forgiveness through confession. As we partake of the Lord's table, focus on and give thanks for what Jesus did for you on the cross. Get your relationship right with him, right with the Lord, through self-examination and confession of sin. If you have not yet transferred your trust to Jesus to give you forgiveness and eternal life with him forever in heaven, do it today. Do not delay. If you need and want to transfer your trust to Jesus, pray with me in the quietness of your heart. Speak to God. Personalize these bits of prayer. Tell God, tell Jesus what you are deciding to do right now. Let's pray. God, I am guilty. I have sinned. I deserve to be separated from you for eternity 
in agony and in hell. But you love me. And you sent Jesus to die for me, to take my place, to pay for my sins. Jesus, I cannot save myself. Please, save me. Forgive me. Please give me eternal life with you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. Here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. Have a great day in the Lord, and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.